just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 76 of the Devi Happy Hour. Today is July 8th, and my name is Skip Newton coming to you from Egan, Minnesota. Excited to be here, finally back talking football with my guy from North Carolina, Matthew Jackson. I call him Obi-Wan. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Glad to be back here with you. I I really enjoyed that grit that you put in your voice this time for the North Carolina. You did that exceptionally well this time. Oh, man, I'm fired up. Of course, it's Scott Fishbowl week. We're both in the middle of our drafts, and... You know, before we get into that, I just want you to remind people really quick, where can they find you and your work and anything exciting you got going on? And then let's get into that Scott Fishbowl stuff. So, yeah, you can find me and my work um, at on Twitter at DeviMat. I've got my rankings still up currently over on Dynasty Nerds. But, hey, if you don't want to want to pay for the whole subscription to Dynasty Nerds, I've got a Patreon that I just launched a few weeks ago. I already got my ranking up, rankings up on there. You can sort that by position, by class, and I'm hopefully going to get it to a point where you can sort it with other classes as well. And then it's got I've already got one podcast up, getting ready to upload a second podcast up on the Patreon. So lots of content. You're on the uh, you're on the Patreon page, Skip. You're in the uh, the chat with us. So if you guys are just looking for some guys to kick it with, some smart Devi minds, join it. Join tier one. You know we got we got a great group of community that we're building over on the Slack channel. So we'd love to see you guys over there on the Patreon channel. That's patreon.com slash Devi database. Yeah, man, that that is awesome. I'm glad to be a part of that. Let's get into, of course, the the main topic in all of the fantasy football community right now. It's hard to not know what's going on. The Scott Fishbowl 11. It is, of course, the big charity event to raise awareness. Uh, Scott Fish, uh, also right here from Egan, Minnesota, is encouraging everyone to just do what you can to to give to charity or raise awareness and and whatever charity you want. It doesn't have to be Fantasy Cares, which is his charity. It can be anything, and it's exciting to be in it. This is my fourth consecutive year. I'm hoping to rebound from last year's non-playoff appearance. That was the first time I did make the playoffs. But tell me, Matt, you know what division are you in? What draft pick did you end up with? And then what, if anything, was your strategy, and how are things going? So I'm right here with you, man, with the the whole not making the playoffs last year. Last year was a weird year. It was the first year that I didn't make the playoffs as well, so I'm trying to rebound off of that. I'm currently in the Maroon 5 division. A uh, bunch of sharks in that division, man. Ain't, ain't nobody slipping further further behind than they probably should have, man. You, you got to really be smart there. So we got a great draft going on. I'm picking from the sixth spot. 
Um, when it when it comes to my strategy, man, um, to start off with, um, I I, I kind of went into it. I, w- I was going to get my two quarterbacks, maybe a tight end early, and I was going to load up on running backs early because you know I've been tweeting it out all offseason, man. I love the mid round um, value that you're getting out of wide receivers this year. Um, off of guys like, you know, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, Cortland Sutton's even got really good value right now in some of these drafts. So um, I, I, that was, that was kind of my plan going into. And then the draft started and everything goes out the window as it does in fantasy football drafts. And I somehow yep. found myself going uh, a modified zero running back approach. And I'll be the first one to tell you I hate going zero running back. So how I ended up with this approach, I'll have no idea. Um, I've, I've been drafting best player available, and for some reason that best player available has never been running back. It's been other positions. I mean, I started off the draft getting my QB1 and Kyler Murray, uh, so I was pretty excited about that. And then it there, there was just, just this massive running back run in the, in the first round and into the second round, and I found myself with a, with a screaming value of Tyreek Hill. It's either draft my wide receiver one or reach on a running back. So I went wide receiver there, doubled him up with Calvin Ridley, and then TJ Hawkinson, I locked down, you know, my 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 stud tight end, uh, who I think is going to have a breakout season this year. You got to have a tight end in this league, so I made sure I drafted my tight end. So that 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 set me up with four rounds without drafting my first running back. So definitely not the approach I wanted to take, but it's been best player available. The last two picks I've hammered running back. I've gotten a, a sneaky good. Uh, RB1 in this setting and David Montgomery from Chicago. He's going to get the carries. He's going to get the first down, you know, first down points that this league offers. And then I went upside with my next pick. I went and got Jacksonville's rookie, Travis Etienne. So feeling good about the team. Maybe could have, would have done things a little differently, had the draft fallen different. But hey, best player available, right? Yeah, when you're when you're not taking running backs till the fifth and sixth round, I think you got to be really happy with Montgomery and Etienne. Um, so well done. I mean that that's nice. Uh, like you, my first two picks were also Kyler Murray and Tyreek Hill. So I I'm picking fifth, and Murray was a, a pretty easy pick for me. He was the the second quarterback off the board. I I did consider Dalvin Cook because I love him so much, and if and if he's healthy. He could be the RB one. I mean, he is that good, but I, I just I, I couldn't pass on on the rushing upside of Murray. And then basically none of the other players that weren't wide receivers fell to me at two oh eight. I mean, it was all the the best quarterbacks, the top running backs, and then the top three tight ends. And I I'm I didn't want to reach, and I'm like, all right, I'll just take Tyreek Hill again, kind of going away from my strategy of you know getting my wide receivers later. But but I like the build after that. I, I recovered nicely. I got Gibson, Dobbins, and Gaskin uh, with my next three picks. So I got my running backs there. Then I've I've added Trey Lance and Jared Goff as quarterbacks. I've got Ayuk and Lavisca Chenault as my other two wide receivers, and then Noah Fant and Mike Gesicki as my tight ends. So a nice balanced team so far. I've missed out on a couple of the the wide receivers that I wanted to get in there because they, they got sucked up by other guys right before my pick came along. Cause, cause like you, uh, a really good, uh, division that I'm in. I mean, nobody's reaching on picks, nobody making picks that are make me think, Oh, what are they doing? It, it's been, it's been tough, but you know, it's, it's going to be a fun league. You know, one of the nice things is I picked the, uh, slipknot division, not only because I, I enjoy their music and I, I like the, the harder metal and hard rock, 
But I noticed that friend of the show, Dan Theory from Beerfield Fantasy, was in that division. And I'm thinking, you know, I've always wanted to be in a league with him, and I haven't gotten into one. So here's my chance. I'll just jump in his Scott Fishbowl division. And it's funny that I did that because he sent to me on a DM. He's like, hey, what do you think of this trade proposal? And it was Latavius Murray and Will Fuller for 2022 high school draft class running back Branson Robinson. I don't know if you've looked at Branson Robinson, but which side of this trade proposal are you on? I've been thinking about this a lot since you sent this show sheet, and I'm leaning pretty heavily one direction, and that's the direction of um, the high school uh, future future college pro or college player Branson Robinson. Um, When you look at this trade, um, yes, I know we're, we're projecting already a year out. The kid's still in high school, and a lot could happen between now and the time he potentially turns pro. I get that. But you're looking at what was given up. Latavius Murray, he is a backup running back, maybe a flex play at best on your roster. He, he's a guy that it, it, his his days of being a, a fantasy producer, in my eyes, are are fading away very quickly. And then you've got Will Fuller, who is – Potentially one of the better best ball players. Um, he, he can go off certain weeks, but you can't ever trust him with his injury history. I mean, is he going to play a full season? Is he not going to play a full season? Is he going to go off for a 40-point week, or is he going to throw up a dud? He's going to a new team. Uh, I mean, he was doing great with Deshaun before all that Deshaun Watson stuff happened. He goes to a new team. Tua is was a great prospect that we like, but he's still a, a tiny bit unproven in the NFL. He's learning a new scheme, a new system. So there's there's some question marks on that side of the trade. And when I watch Branson Robinson, he is probably the running back in the 2022 class that I'm most excited for right now. Um, he, he's further down than he probably should be. I don't know. I guess, I guess 247 or somebody rivals isn't paying attention. And I, I don't even believe he's in the top five of running backs in that class right now. Uh, you might be able to quote me and tell me differently. I think he's like six or seven. But he's the guy that I'm probably most excited about in this class and the guy that I think could come into college and absolutely go on a tear uh, for, for three or four years. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. He's RB9 in that class, according to the 247 rankings. The, the funny thing is when he first sent it to me, it, it came across as Brandon Robinson. And I'm thinking... Who is Brandon Robinson? And I'm, you know, I'm googling him. I'm like, I, I wasn't at at home, so I couldn't get on my laptop. I'm on my phone, and and I'm t- I'm sending it back. It's like, man, this guy is just kind of some no name quarterback. Why would you? Why do you? Why is he even on a roster? And he goes, "What are you talking about? He's like a high school freshman. He's like a high school running back coming in next year." And then, you know, and, and he happened to say Branson, and so then I looked again. I was like. Oh, yeah, that's completely different. And and I said, let me let me just you know take a look at him before I give you my definitive answer. But definitely don't make a trade now. And I I immediately started watching film on him. I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, do, do not make that trade. I kid go, can play. You know, Kid's gonna be a stud. If it's, <laughs> if it's Will Fuller, you know, unsuspended, uninjured, playing in the Houston offense with a unsuspended. Deshaun Watson, and you need a wide receiver to to win your league, then you consider that offer. Like, that's a lot of ifs, and that's a lot of things that aren't even, they don't even have the potential to be true. 
So I'm like, no, you don't you don't do that. This guy is going to be awesome. So I know, I know Branson Robinson is a Debbie prospect, and, and those are hard to predict. But there there almost feels like there's more ifs on the other side of this trade than the ifs for Branson Robinson. I mean, when you look at his film, there's not much you don't like. Exactly. And, you know, we've talked all about future value. His value is going to go up. I mean, he, nothing's, you know, even if he got hurt his senior year, unless it's a devastating injury, he's he's going to come in. He's a top 10. People are going to start getting excited about him. And then his value is going to increase. So you can do better than than Will Fuller and, and a backup running back. So, yeah, absolutely. Don't don't make that trade. But I love that we got to talk about it. and It worked out well since I'm in his Scott Fishbowl division. One quick news note, uh, Georgia transfer Eric Gilbert not only transferring to Georgia, but is officially now listed instead of tight end as a wide receiver. We've talked about this in a previous podcast. Neither one of us really liked it. I don't like it any more now than I do then. I'm assuming you're the same. Well, this officially kills most of his value for me. If he if he's coming out as a tight end, he's a top two tight end in his class. Now that he's listed a wide receiver, he's not fast enough to play wide receiver. He's too big to play wide receiver. He doesn't run good enough routes. I mean, he's 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 a great route runner if you're if you're looking at tight end. But he is, I mean, maybe he's just going to to learn how to be a better route runner. He's going to switch back to tight end. That's the only way that this makes sense to me, and the only way that I'm as interested in Arik Gilbert as I once was when he was a, a freshman at LSU. Yeah, it's it's not good. I mean. I suppose it's a buy low opportunity, but you know, if I happen to have him on my roster, I'm gonna just hold hold for now and, and hope for the best. And you know, let's let's see what happens. Don't you don't you uh, wish you could have been one of the guys that drafted Michael Mayer instead of Eric Gilbert when he first came out? Nobody was talking about Michael Mayer, and now he's the he's the undisputed consensus tied in one in that class. Exactly, and he had a really good freshman season. So yeah. He he looks he looks all the part about a future first round pick. All right, the main topic for today is finishing off the ACC, going into the Coastal Division, doing our Devi review of all the players and all the teams. Uh, Duke, there isn't much to talk about really. Um, just want to mention, of course, Noah Gray, the tight end, got picked up by the Chiefs and has looked impressive in camp. But really, is there is there anybody on Duke from a Devi perspective that you are keeping an eye on? I am not, and that's not just because I'm a Carolina fan. I just don't think there's anybody on Duke's roster that's worth that's worthy of a, a Debbie consideration. Yeah, I'm not point. a fan of either one, and I, I agree with you completely. So let's go right into Georgia Tech. Now, there are a couple of guys here. Both were freshmen last season. One is the dual-threat quarterback, Jeff Sims, who, in my opinion, he has quite a bit of work to improve. However... The raw athletic ability is there. I mean, he can definitely get you yards with his legs. He's at, he's very athletic, and he's got a nice arm. I mean, it, it 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 zips out of there. But the finer points of the quarterback position need to be picked up. You know, reading the defense, accuracy, that kind of thing. But what I do like about Sims, other than his athleticism, is he got to play his freshman season. That's huge because. He got all that nervousness and the newness out of the system, and now he come back in week in in year two, and pick up kind of where he left off and maybe improve on that stuff. What what do you think of Sims? A lot of the stuff that you that you listed with Jeff Sims was, was some of the things that I noted. I mean, when, when I'm thinking of Sims, the one word that comes to my mind is inconsistent. 
Um, when you're talking about raw athletic ability, he has it through the charts. I mean, the kid is going to get you yards through his legs. He's quick. He, he's He's got the dual threat ability that you like. And he played his freshman season, which means he's worthy of at least talking about and noticing. But then you look at what he did on the field. I mean, when, when, anytime you toss 13 touchdowns and 13 interceptions, I mean, you're, you're making some good plays. He, he can throw the ball down the field. You know, he's got a, this flick of the wrist motion that just sends the ball 30, 40, 45 yards down the field, and he makes it seem effortless. But there's other times where he just he's not making the right reads. He's trying to force the ball into places that, you know, he, you just can't make that throw. And it just, just overall was just an inconsistent body of work. Now, he, he has room to grow on this. I think a healthy offensive line is going to go a long way to help him because he was sacked like 25 to 30 times last season in a shortened season. So, I mean, if they can keep their quarterback actually upright and mobile and he doesn't have to go off of these undesigned QB draw, you know, running for his life types of plays, he's got the potential to, to work on that arm and, and be somebody that can grow in a few years and be that type of guy that, that you're looking at that can maybe sneak into the back end of, of round one in NFL drafts. Yeah, I, I agree completely. You know, I think there's there's an opportunity there, um, but you you have to be in a pretty deep Devi league to to pick up Sims at this point. You know, obviously a C to C league, you're you're gonna have him on a roster. The next guy, he should be on everybody's radar. Uh, Devi C to C, all of it, and that's running back Jameer Gibbs, a freshman from a year ago. I think I've made made it very clear that he is one of my favorite players from this draft class. I, I love his speed. I love his ability to cut quickly, and he doesn't lose the speed. He's shifty, great acceleration, and he just he's a patient runner and an awesome receiving back. Easily, in my opinion, the best one in the class. I think he's got a game that will translate to the NFL. You know, he, he's, not, he's not huge, but... He's not small either. I mean, he's he's big enough at you know five nine. The height is fine. You know, one ninety one coming out. He's he's probably put on some weight since then. So I'm guessing you know when he gets to to the NFL, you know, he's probably going to be up around you know over two hundred five, closer to two ten. He's you know he's probably closer to two hundred right now. Man, that I I love Gibbs. I I don't think there's anybody missing out. On him, I mean, I don't think there's anyone just looking at his stats and saying, "Well, the numbers are kind of." Eh. I, I think the the cat's out of the bag on this one. What do you think? Have you seen that uh, that dev, that tweet going around on Twitter recently, where it says, "What's one thing that you can type on Twitter that if you type, everybody will know that you've been kidnapped?" Yes. For 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 <laughs> me, that's the I don't I I don't think Tank Bigsby is that good. That's how you know that I've been kidnapped. For you, it's I don't even like Jameer Gibbs. Right. You, you you have been <laughs> you've been in on this kid since he came out of high school. I mean, you were the between me, you, and and, and Shaq uh, when when he was on here with us, man. You you were the one that was highest on Jameer Gibbs, and that was a home run pick for you. Um, I'm not worried about his size at all. I mean, for for the skill set that he has. He doesn't need to be 215, 220 pounds. I mean, he's he's fast. You're he's elusive in the open field. You're not going to catch him if he has open space. He's going to juke juke you out of your shoes. He's the best pass catcher in this class, and that's not remotely close. I mean, you can't make that debate. And the the, the sad thing about it is when you look at it, he's often the forgotten running back out of these top three running backs. You know, everybody talks about Bijan Robinson. He's already a Hall of Fame pick. If when you, when you talk to some Debbie guys and. I don't think you're going to get a higher value than that. So I, he's more of a sell to me right now. But 
We're, we'll talk about that at some other time. You've got my guy in Tank Bigsby, who who is going to have a massive, massive season this year, and who who who's going to rival Bijan before the season's over with. I'm firm on that. And then you've got Jameer Gibbs, who is kind of the unforgot the forgotten pe- person that nobody really talks that much about, and should be because he's the best pass catcher out of all of them, and rightfully deserves to be in the RB one conversation with the other two guys. But you don't really hear that all that much, and. I, I think that that's a mistake. People look at his stats from last year, and, and they're not eye-popping stats. But when you watch what he did on the field, when you see that coaches for, for Georgia Tech weren't getting him involved as much as they probably should have, you realize that, hey, those stats are, are telling a different story than the player that you're actually getting with Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, when when you add Gibbs in with a couple of guys that you mentioned and then some of the other guys that are in this 2023 running back class – you're really talking about an NFL draft class that could rival 2020 as far as the amount of really good running backs that are going to come out of it. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Of course, we don't know if all the guys are going to go pro you know, when they're first eligible. I happen to think that running backs should go pro when they're first eligible because they take a beating. But yeah, there, there's there's really nothing to, to, to dislike about Jameer Gibbs. So I don't think we need to to stress any more on him. Let's go into our next team, the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, the big loss there was tight end Brevin Jordan. Uh, surprisingly fell to the fifth round of the Houston Texans. He was the ninth tight end taken. A little disappointing for those of us that were big Brevin Jordan fans, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to produce. But there are quite a few guys left that are worth talking about. And starting at quarterback, uh, Derek King, transfer I believe from Houston a couple years ago where he had a a phenomenal season and he didn't quite match that last year so I think he he needs to rebound to to get that NFL draft capital back up but you know he's he's an athletic quarterback he can burn you with his arm and his legs what do you think about King and and you know where do you have him on on your Debbie radar I'm a little harsher on King than you'll probably find on a lot of guys. Um, I just don't think he has that much of an NFL ceiling. Yes, he's he's a dual threat quarterback, but he's not a, a, as fast, you know, with his legs as you know guys like like we just talked about, um, and uh, Jeff Sims, and then you know you look at Justin Fields from last year, Lamar Jackson a couple years ago. I mean, he's he's not that dual threat level. I mean, he's not gonna burn you that way with his legs like a lot of those other guys do. His arm talent is okay. I mean, he's not going to wow you with any sort of throws. I mean, he, he has a tendency to sometimes under-throw balls. Um, there, there's just nothing special uh, when you watch him throw the ball. He's good, but he, I just when it comes to NFL ceiling, I don't know if it's entirely there. Um, it, I don't know if you remember from a few years ago, Greg Ward Jr., when he played for Houston. Um, he he kind of had that, that dual threat ability. He could use his legs. He could throw the ball pretty decently. And he's put up a lot of the same stats that De'Aaron King has. I mean, when you look at De'Aaron King's ceiling, I think it might be a Greg Ward Jr. type career arc. Somebody that is either a backup, you know, roster filler type guy or maybe has to switch positions to even get playing time. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, I'm not I'm not super high on him myself. I, I think there's a chance that he, you know, finds his way, you know into a draft pick, but I think we're, we're talking probably a day three, you know, a team that's just going to take a, a late shot at him, but we'll see, you know, if he comes out and he, you know, absolutely balls out this year, like he did a couple seasons ago and, and to note, he's recovering from an ACL. So we should mention that then, then that could change his, his future. 
another guy quick to mention, you know, you got to be going pretty deep again into Devi, but, you know, Jake Garcia, uh, an incoming freshman, he's 2024 draft class, was the number nine rated pro in the class. So he's another quarterback. He'll, he'll be sitting a year, but he's got some some talent for sure. So it's something that, that people should keep in mind. I mean, any quick thoughts on Garcia before we move on to the running backs? Um, he, he, I mean, he's one of those wait and see guys for me. I mean, he's not going to start this year. He's going to have to sit a year. And Miami's offense isn't exactly an offense that produces stud quarterback and receiver play. So um, he, he's, he's just one of those watch guys for me. Yep. Yep. I think that's fair. Running backs. There's three guys that, that I want to talk about. We've got 2022 eligible Cameron Harris, and then two guys from the 2023 class, Don Chaney Jr. and Jalen Knighton. All three of the, these guys are getting time. It almost looks like it's going to be a, a running back by committee approach. But they all bring something to that offense. And it's interesting to see you know, how these guys will, will play out as far as NFL prospects. I definitely have a favorite of the three as far as a, you know, Devi rankings. I'm assuming you do as well. Who is your guy out of these three? Who do you want to own on your Devi rosters? So I'm going to start off with the guy that that I don't want to own, and that's you. You talked about roles, and everybody's got their roles. Well, for me, Cameron Harris's role is to steal carries from the guys that should be touching the ball, <laughs> and he, he's the one guy that I think <laughs> they should just stop feeding the ball to. I mean, I'm not very interested in Cameron Harris. I mean, he started the season off good, and he was the guy that everybody was talking about when the season started. I mean, 134 yards, two touchdowns, 134 yards, one touchdown, um, over. Close to eight yards a carry the first game, over 14 yards per carry a second game. And that immediately put him on, you know, Devi Guy's map. People were talking about him. Every podcast you listen to, everybody was talking about Cameron Harris. Well, he all he does after that is is go off for, you know, he starts having the, the, these low weeks. Next week, 12 carries, 43 yards. Week after that, eight carries, three yards versus Clemson. Week after that, 12 carries for 24 yards versus Pittsburgh. Eight carries for eight yards versus Virginia. I mean, where did this guy go? I mean, he just he he stopped performing. Um, coaches started 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 taking his carries away from him, and then he goes and complains on Twitter and gets his some of his carries back later on in the season. It does okay with him, but Cameron Harris is the guy for me that they need to stop giving the ball to because there's two other guys that are worthy of getting carries. For me, the guy that I want is Don Chaney Jr. I absolutely love John Chaney Jr. Um, when you watch him, he's just hard nosed running back. I mean, he, he lowers his head, he gets downfield and he will just absolutely run through you. He's got a great jab step that kind of gets defenders off balance and he goes around them and he is absolutely hard to tackle. I mean, your arm talents aren't going to bring this guy down. Um, I think that he's going to be the guy that gets the majority of the carries. He's going to be that thunder to Jalen Knighton's lightning. I mean, Jalen Knighton is the faster back. He's the better pass catcher. Out of the two, fun fact skipped. Jalen Knight's nickname from the team is the Rooster. So, I mean, Taco Doodle Doo. There you go. <laughs> That's at least a fun fact for the day. I don't know how that helps you for your Debbie teams, but I thought it was at least worth noting. Um, I think they're going to be a Thunder and Lightning duo, and those would be the guys that need to be getting the ball this season. Yeah, I I definitely see eye to eye with you on on all of that. Um, I think Cameron Harris, when it comes to to NFL, is just a guy. Nothing special. And I have Don Chaney Jr. as my highest rated running back on this team. You know, he's got the size that you're looking for, 5'10", 210. Had a, had a decent, you know, first season, 
322 yards and three touchdowns, 11 receptions for 143 yards. So he did show some big playability as well. And he, he's got the size speed combination that I love and he can make guys miss with some subtle cuts. And I, I love his explosion in his burst into space. So of these three guys, he's the one that I think can translate into the NFL. So Don Chaney Jr. is, is definitely the guy I'm targeting at running back. Wide receivers, not sure, honestly, where to go with these guys. There, There's so many, but really none that just, that just you know, stand out to me. I, I guess you could get excited for Charleston Rambo. You know, he's a transfer. I, we love his name. We've talked about that, one of the best names. But, man, I, I'm at a wait-and-see approach with, with, with all these guys. I mean, you've, he's a 2022 prospect. you got Mark Pope still there, also 2022. Mike Harley, 2023. You know, uh, Keyshawn Smith, Michael Redding third. Where where do, where do you do with this mess of wide receivers at Miami? I mean, if you're going to put a gun to my head and force me to pick one, I guess I'm going Charleston Rambo, and I'm going to feel dirty about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I said it when we first started talking about Miami, Miami. I mean, they don't have the quarterbacks or the receiving core that get you excited for a Debbie perspective. I mean, Charleston Rambo is a great field stretcher. He did that at Oklahoma until the freshman Marvin Mims took his job away from him. Um, so he, he's a great take the top off the defense he's a smaller guy I don't I mean he's just not gonna be the guy that goes into the NFL and lights lights the world on fire yeah I I'm not I'm not excited about any of them I don't I'm not gonna hide that however if we go to tight end there is an incoming tight end that is kind of intriguing now again we've we've talked about this we don't want to get super excited about about incoming you know freshman tight ends because you know Lord knows what's going to happen and how much long how long it'll take for them to start producing that said Elijah Arroyo uh, tight end four he's got great speed in hands he's he's basically like a big wide receiver playing tight end he's very athletic and he's a, he's a willing capable blocker this is a guy I could make an exception for what do you think about Arroyo he is a phenomenal wide receiver <laughs> when you when you look at him. I mean, but and by that I mean he doesn't have the size right now to play the tight end position. And at best he's an inline tight end. He comes in at 210 pounds, so he's got to put on a good amount of weight. Um with that being said, I do love what he does from a receiver perspective. He's got a massive, massive catch rate. So he'll go up and get the ball. He can make these contorted catches, and his catch rate is, is, is phenomenal. So you got to love that big body guy to throw the ball to. He has great speed. He's going to run. I mean, he, he's got to be running 4'6", four, 4'7", four, if not even faster. I mean, when you watch his film, he's he's moving downfield. And for from a tight end, I mean, you got to love that. Like I said, he needs to put on weight. He presses small defenders really well. Uh, fight fights through hand contact on smaller defenders, but he's he's gonna have me a little worried when he matches up against linebackers and bigger safeties. Um, just from that size, I, I I'm worried that he's gonna get bullied a little bit unless he puts on a little bit of weight. Yeah, the the 210 is is concerning. That said, he's six four, so he definitely has the the frame to, to add weight. And I, I'm sure he'll put on, you know, at least 20 pounds and who knows what, you know, what he's been doing, you know, since that, that measurement was recorded, but yeah, he's, he's all that, 
athleticism that that I really like to see in a tight end because I think you know when you're swinging for upside, that's what you look for. Is those guys could end up being you know just freaks and you know awesome awesome candidates to to get you points. And when you're swinging for upside at the tight end position, one of the teams that you need to be paying attention to is the Miami Hurricanes, <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they are one of the one of those schools. They will kick out really good tight ends. So that's an absolutely good point. All right, let's move on to another team with a lot of people to talk about, North Carolina, and talk about you know the, the, the lot of people to talk about. The key losses are huge. I mean, two running backs, Javante Williams to the Broncos, Michael Carter to the Jets, and then two wide receivers, Diami Brown to Washington, and Daz Newsom to the Bears, who is already injured and going to miss some time. But that is a significant part of their offense. Of course, they get to keep Sam Howell, who has put up two awesome seasons, his first two seasons at North Carolina. And we've all thought this this guy is a no-brainer first-round pick. Of course, we've seen some mock drafts with him in the first round. We've seen a couple without. I I think if he if he can get anywhere close to the same production that he's had, with all these new people, that that solidifies him in my mind as a first round pick. I mean, you're talking, you know, 35 to 3600 yards a season, over over 30 touchdown passes, you know, 30 and 38 touchdown passes, seven interceptions in each of his two seasons. I mean, he's he's doing exactly what you want a quarterback to do. I, I love Sam Howell. And keep in mind, he's doing that. You know, he was doing that on a roster that was kicking out. 2,000-yard rushers. So it's not like the, the running game isn't a big focal point in their offense. I mean, they were rushing for over 2,000 yards every season, and he's still throwing for close to 4,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. So he's a guy that is a, already a top-tier quarterback in my mind. I think a lot of the reason for the, the recent dive, if you can call it that, in Debbie stock, you know, he's dipping in NFL marks right now. People are, are a little worried about him is because of the uncertainty at some of the other positions. And I think that's going to be a mistake because we're going to talk about some of these guys that I'm really excited about and I think could be better than some of the guys that they've had on the roster the last two years. All right. Well, let's get to those guys. We'll start with running back. Transfer from, I believe, Tennessee, Ty Chandler. He is 2022 eligible. He's one of those guys that I have always really liked his film, and we just haven't seen the production to go with it. I mean, he's put up some, you know, some mediocre seasons. Granted, he's, you know, he's playing with Tennessee, not, you know, a juggernaut. And the fact that he's entering his fifth season in college is a bit concerning. But, I, I like what he brings. I, I'm very intrigued to see what he does, you know, in North Carolina with that great running attack because while I do love Javonta Williams and Michael Carter, their offensive line was was elite and I believe they're returning all five starters. So they are gonna be, you know, just as good up front as they have been. So I would expect, you know, one of these running backs to if not two, to be very good. The other guy is incoming freshman Camaro Edmonds. Not sure where you have him, but let's find out. Where do you where do you rank these two guys, and which one are you excited about, if any? So both of these guys are going to be Debbie relevant. I mean, they've got the offense. You talked about it. All five offensive linemen are returning. They they have been consistent and rushing for two thousand yards the last two seasons. So both of these guys are going to get their carries. Ty Chandler is going to get more carries than he did at Tennessee. 
while he was still siphoning carries away from my guy, Eric Gray. But I'm still a little hurt about that. Eric Gray is going to get his opportunity elsewhere. So um, I, I think Ty Chandler is going to finally show us what we've all been waiting for for the past few years. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to be enough to hold off the freshman. Um, Kamara Edmonds is, is going to come in, and he should get the majority of the carries and be Javante Williams, except a little earlier and possibly a little better. I know that might be a hot take, but I, I love Kamara Edmonds. I think he has the potential to be better than Javante Williams or Michael Carter ever were. You watch his film in high school, and this kid is, I mean, just absolutely incredible when it comes to breaking tackles and being elusive and, and elusive in the open field. I mean, he's dodging dodging guys left and right, putting guys on skates. He's got this, like, jump cut slash, like, jab step. I don't know what it is, but it's effective and it works and it makes guys miss. And every time I see him touch the ball, he's putting three or four defenders on skates, getting out of situations that he shouldn't be able to get out of. I mean, guys have him dead to rights and he's just running around them, juking them out and scoring touchdowns. So he's got that to his game. He is a good pass catcher. He's got the power that Javante Williams had to run people over. And he's being used in the return game, which I know me and you have both talked about how we like. So he's phenomenal. He's got all the traits. You know, he's he's almost got the best of both worlds in Javante Williams and Michael Carter. He's got Javante Williams tackle breaking power, but he's got the speed and explosion that Michael Carter had. So he's the best of both worlds and back and and at the running back position. And in my mind could be the best back that they've seen there in the last few years. And I'm I'm not afraid to own that take. Yeah, the, the thing that, that's really interesting about him is that he's, he's coming in at 5'11", 227 pounds, yet he still has that athleticism that you talked about, the ability to make people miss. I've got him you know, highly rated in his strength, you know, in contact balance, as well as his vision. And those are, those are deadly combinations for a running back. If you've got the size and the speed to, to go with it, man, this kid has a chance to, to obviously be awesome right from the word go if he gets that opportunity. And, you know, we, we got to believe he's going to get that opportunity in North Carolina. They, they've already shown us that, that they don't want to have one guy, you know, running the ball. They, I mean, they pretty much split carries evenly with Williams and Carter. So I suspect they'll do the same thing here. And I think, you know, Chandler and Edmonds are the, oh, those top two guys that should get the majority of the workload. And they don't even need to have – you know, you don't need a guy to get 75% of the workload in North Carolina to prove that he's he's good. So it, it, it's kind of the, the perfect situation. Let's get into some other guys that you like. Tell me about wide receivers. I've got one down for sure, Josh Downs. He was a freshman last year and looked good in his freshman season. He's got very good speed, a verified 4-4-7, very good yards after catch. He is shifty. He is quick. I like his route running. He's not the biggest guy, though. 5'9", you know, 163. Maybe he's put on some weight since then. Could be up closer to 180. But still, not a huge guy. But what do you think of Josh Downs? And then what other wide receivers, if any, are you excited about? Yeah, he's the big man on campus now. He's the one proven wide receiver on the roster. He's got the speed. I like his route running. And he put on a show in their bowl game while everybody else was opting out. He decided to play and... It worked out well for him because he he showed that he's the next wide receiver to own on their roster. So I'm excited about about him. Um, if there's another guy that I'm looking to own, um, it's probably going to be 
Oh, you know, we mentioned Deami Brown. We're, we'll skip. I don't know if you know this, but Deami Brown has a brother, and he also plays wide receiver for North Carolina, um, and, that, and that's Joffrey Brown. And at, at times, I don't know if you notice. I don't know how much North Carolina games you watched. I know you're up in Minnesota. You're watching Minnesota coughing up a long all season. So I know you're not watching yeah. much of Carolina, but let's not get into that. <laughs> no, you're not watching much of Carolina. But Joffrey Brown impressed a lot, and there were some games where. He was putting up better games than his brother, who who was getting all the hype. I mean, you're turning on the game to watch Deami Brown, and you end up coming away impressed with a different Brown. So if there's another guy on that roster, I'm keeping my eye on, on Mr. Brown. Yep, I'm glad you brought him up. There is an incoming freshman, probably probably a few of them, but Gavin Blackwell a four-star coming in this fall. He was the wide receiver 31. He's got a verified 4-6-3-40. So, you know, that's an interesting one. You know, 5 11 and a half, 164. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if he gets an opportunity as well. Um, there's obviously a lot of targets available. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I love the opportunity for incoming freshmen at North Carolina because they lost so many good players. So Gavin Blackwell's another guy just to just to keep your eye on just in case. All right, let's move on to Pittsburgh. They've got uh, three guys at least mentioned. Uh, the first one, quarterback Kenny Pickett, eligible in 2022. Of course, we were shocked at that first mock draft that we reviewed where he was in the first round. He has not made the first round in subsequent mocks, so I think I think that's been corrected. But he's got he's got some abilities and. Running back Israel Abanikanda, Abanikanda forever, Shaq, our guy, and Jordan Addison at wide receiver. Both Abanikanda and Jordan Addison are 2023 eligible. Uh, which of these three guys do you like? I'm guessing it's going to be in the the reverse order that I read them in, but you know, you you tell me. I like I like all of them, and I know that's kind of crazy to say. I I owe Mr. Kenny Pickett a little bit of an apology because we we ripped on him a couple weeks ago for being in the first round, and we we were talking about ACC this week. So the last few days I've been watching um, some ACC tape, and I've been watching a little bit of Kenny Pickett. And yes, I I still don't think he's a first round receiver, so I'm not going to go that far. But he did a lot of stuff that that I really like. The more you know, you sit down and watch full game tapes of him. I mean, he's got the athleticism to go and extend plays. He's faster than I thought he was. So, I mean, he, he's got a little bit of wheels on him. I mean, he's pretty accurate with his deep ball. I mean, he was throwing some deep balls to Jordan Addison. I mean, right on the money, drop him right in the breadbasket. So, he's somebody that I came away a little more impressed than I did when I ripped him a few weeks ago. Um, goes through his progressions well as well. So, I, I, I liked him. Um, Abanaconda forever. Um, he, he, he had a little bit of a, a slow start his freshman year. Um, but but all, from all accounts that I can tell, reading and watching spring game highlights, he he is going to be in for a, a pretty good year this year. I mean, he's a patient runner. Um, he went off in, in the spring game, and he's got he's a guy that coaches are raving about. So um, I'm I'm at least intrigued about Mister Israel Abanaconda. But yeah, you, you had it absolutely right. The guy I'm interested in is 100% Jordan Addison. I mean, I've been trying to carry the torch this offseason and preach to everybody to draft Jordan Addison. And I'm afraid that's going on deaf ears, but I'm going to keep trying because I feel like this guy needs to be valued higher than he is. I mean, he, yes, he's a slot guy that, that 
doesn't scare me away. Slot guys have use in the NFL, especially in today's NFL. He's dynamic in open space. I mean, when you look at probably the two best open space receivers um, in their class, it, it comes down to Jordan Addison and Rakeem Jarrett. Um, I mean, those guys are dynamic in open space. They He gets off the line, explodes off the line, and runs good routes. He's quick and shifty and is going much later than he probably should have. I, mean, I, think, I think his last ADP was in the 60s. And for me, that's a gigantic mistake. I mean, I think that he's going to have a pretty good NFL career. He's he's going to be a quarterback safety blanket in the middle to edge of the field. And you need to be drafting him wherever you can. Yeah, Addison is a, is a great athlete. I mean, he's rated as the number four athlete when he came out. He, I mean, I don't know what more a guy has to do in his freshman season. He caught 60 passes. For 666 yards, four touchdowns, also ran the ball nine times for 58 yards, returned a couple of kicks, returned a couple of punts. So you're seeing a lot of usage and different types of usage for Addison. That is a a trait that we love. You know, if if teams are looking for additional ways to get a player the ball, that means they like that player and they just want the ball in his hands because he's gonna do good things. So yeah, Jordan Addison is absolutely someone that should be on everybody's radar. Abani Kanda, I, I, I'm intrigued to see if he can, you know, kind of make that leap in his sophomore season. That would be awesome. I think I've got him in at least a couple leagues. So, you know, mostly, you know, both C to C, of course. But from a Debbie perspective, he could be one of those guys where, you know, he he steps up this year and all of a sudden people start talking about him. And, you know, now that 2023 class gets even deeper at running back. And then, yeah, Pickett, I, I agree. I mean, he's he's got some abilities. You know, we'll see what happens. But my guess is he's a, he's a day three guy and, you know, not one to get too excited about. All right, really nobody to talk to in about in Virginia um, other than just to make note that wide receiver uh, Lavelle Davis Jr. is out with, a, I believe, an ACL. So he would have been intriguing to me. He I think he's like 6'6", but he... Uh, he got injured, so he will not play. So let's go right into our final team of the ACC, and that's Virginia Tech. And, of course, the big loss there, running back Khalil Herbert, uh, fell a little farther than I think a lot of people thought, went to the Bears either in the fifth or sixth round. And not a whole lot left to talk about, at least in my opinion. We've got Tavion Robinson, uh, 2022 eligible. What do you think about Tavion Robinson, is he a guy that that excites you at all, or is he just kind of a guy? He's a C to C back into the roster type guy. Um, somebody that you can take a shot on to, to get you points in your C to C league. I'm not sure what his Debbie, Debbie Stalker NFL potential is. I mean, he was used a lot in the slot, which I know I just said that's not a bad thing, but his usage is different than Jordan Addison's usage. That uh, they, they use him a lot on end arounds, bubble screens, pop screens, trying to get him into open space, and he, he's definitely got that gadget type feel. Um, he's he is a Tavon Austin, Cordero Patterson type receiver, and I I have preached from day one that those are not the receivers that I'm interested in. I'm okay drafting a slot guy, but I want you to go out and run routes and you know, run more than just pop screens, bubble screens, end rounds. Like, I need to see you actually do something. And you don't see that much from Robinson. Um, another guy that is at least good for a back-end C2C guy, if you're looking for a late-round quarterback, I mean, Malik Hooker is decent enough that he's going to put up enough points in a bye week that he, he can help you win in a bye week. But 
there's not much on this team outside of those two. Yeah, and, and the one guy I should mention because I totally forgot about him um, is the other wide receiver, Trey Turner. Um, I think I, I had him as a as a guy that was eligible in 2021, but he did not go into the NFL, so he's still there. So something to, to bring up, he, he's a big he's a big guy. I mean, 6'4", 185, coming out of high school. So that is at least intriguing. He's a, he's a big play threat. So Trey Turner, I think, is one of the at least one of the better – players on Virginia Tech and will probably get drafted so he should at least get a mention here I'm sure he's not on anyone's Devi radar but worth mentioning you know he could be one of those guys maybe if he if he steps up he's one of those guys to look in your in your rookie drafts you know in, in a Devi depleted rookie draft if you have them separately so something to keep in mind all right we are done with the ACC we're gonna. Oh, go ahead. You got something to add here? But before we go, I want to make sure that we hit on this because I don't. I don't want to get ripped apart when we release this podcast. We we neglected to mention where I went. Drake May, the the incoming freshman for North Carolina at the quarterback position. I want to make sure we hit on that real quick. Um, Drake, Drake May is a guy that's gonna sit on the roster. You know, while Sam while Sam Howe is playing for a little bit. Um, but I I like his upside coming in. Um, to to take over for Sam Howe after that. Um, he he's a big body guy. He's six five. He uses some of that size though to, to be a decent, you know, churn out yards, get a few yards with his legs. So I like that. Um, he's got a he's got a, a brother who who played for the Carolina basketball team. Luke May won a championship with him. So athleticism runs in the family. Um, he's definitely an athletic enough quarterback. Um, he doesn't have quite the arm that Sam Howe has. Um, he needs some some somebody to work with him mechanics. He doesn't always set his feet when he throws the ball. He sometimes dips his shoulder and has a tendency to underthrow balls. So, I mean, that that's not something that he can't clean up. I mean, you get to Carolina, you have coaches that are coaching you up on that. You learn from Sam Howell. Um, he, he's going to be a guy that I'm interested in that's going to take the reins and carry that, that Carolina offense for a few more years and make them, make them intriguing for a few more years. Thank, thank you. That's a great catch. I, I totally skipped over him. Did not mean to. He he is a five-star prospect by 247 Sports, so we absolutely should be mentioning Drake May, uh, rated as the number three overall quarterback in the 2024 class, or 2024 eligible, I should say, the 2021 recruiting class. So yeah, I mean, this this kid has got you know all the the potential to be to be very good. And like you said, you know, Sam Howell's gone and and he'll probably pick right up after Sam Howell, and we know we like the system. So, yeah, excellent. Great catch, man. That's why we're here. That's Love it. Good, that's why we make a good team, Skip. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go to the Big 12 next week. And as always, if any of you have anything that you want us to cover, you know, trade ideas or trades that you've you've executed, you want us, us to comment on them, we'd love to do that. Just reach out on Twitter and let us know. Speaking of Twitter, Matt, where can everyone find you? And again, all of your other stuff that you got going on. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter one more time at Devi Matt. Um, just eclipsed 2,200 guys that for some reason want to hear my thoughts on Devi football. So thank you guys for that. Um, I, I love to interact with you guys on Twitter. So always reach out. My DMs are open. So never, don't be afraid to slide into my DMs and we'll talk football or life or whatever you want to talk about. So you can find me there at De- on Twitter, Devi Matt. And like I said before, um, please check out my Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash Devi database. Lots of great stuff on there. We're, we're working on, on, on growing that. And if anything, hey, you want to come chat up me and Skip on on Discord with, with 
and you have unfiltered access to it to great to great Devi minds that 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 pays for it in and of itself. So love to see you guys over on that Patreon. Yep, absolutely. We'd love to have you. You need to join. Of course, we are part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team of podcasts. Dynasty Happy Hour with Tim Keller, Doug Eddy, and Tyler Gunther. Also, we have the DHH Contractor every once in a while with Randall Memphis Young. And the IDP Power Hour is back, so that has started to record as well with Oklahoma Doug. I'm Skip Newton at Skip Newton 31 I also am a Devi team writer for the NFL Draft Bible powered by Fan Nation on Sports Illustrated. Got everything draft-related that you could possibly want, all players and positions. My Dynasty and Devi rankings are out there, so feel free to check those out and let me know. I'm in there tweaking them all the time, so would love to would love to hear from you. And finally, our, our big thank you and appreciation, of course, you, you can't go any other direction this week than the team of people now that are involved with the Scott Fish Scott Fishbowl. It's not just Scott anymore. And and he talked about this on the Potathon uh, near the end on Tuesday morning and how how awesome it was that he was able to to let go of some of the control and and ask people to help that he trusted. You know, Ryan McDowell being another one, you know, behind the scenes, Ryan McDowell is working with Scott on a lot of this stuff, doing a lot of the work and and I can't imagine the amount of work it would take to set up a league for 1920 people. I mean, that is insane. So, you know, kudos to to you guys for everything that you do. And I, I also got to mention, you know, Sal Lido and I think Kevin Cotillo, and there's a third name, and I'm really sorry I'm forgetting, but the, the guys that do the Potathon, it's outstanding. Um, just you know, 24 hours straight, they've got guests all over the place. It's it's entertaining. It's for a good cause. They, I think they were getting up near forty thousand dollars raised this year. Last year they had a goal of ten, and they crushed it. So it, it's it's just an awesome event. And then John Bosch, I, I need to call him out as well with the uh, Fantasy Cares Eliminators. John has a ridiculous amount of money raised as well, you know, into the, you know, tens of thousands from that. I mean, it's just, you know, all these people bringing the community together and showing that what we all can do when we when we come together for something and, and make a difference in, in people's lives. And I am proud to be a small part of it, and I will continue to be a small part of it for as long as I'm playing fantasy football, and that is regardless if I'm actually in the Scott Fishbowl or not. I, there's You can be a part of it without actually being in, in the Scott Fishbowl, and I encourage all of you to do that as well. So on that note, thank you to all of our listeners. It's been great providing you with information. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day or evening, and as always, be a good human. 